in today's show. We're looking at breakout players in the Eastern Conference. Yesterday we did the West. Today we are doing the East. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Just a big thank you to everybody who does make the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast their first listen of the day. I do really appreciate that. And anytime that you want to share the show around to people in your uh, friendship group, your fantasy leagues, whatever it is, and social media, it's always appreciated. Now, we've got two spots left in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Championship League, an 11-category draft-only league where we have, yeah, I said 11 categories. Um, I've talked about what they are before. It's sort of just trying to change things up a bit and remove some of the old categories and superfluous ones and make things a little bit, a little bit different. I think we'll see how it works. Uh, 27 round draft, 12 team, $50 entry, $600 winner takes all prize pool at the end. Plus, a, uh, a memorabilia uh, prize we're sending out as well to the winner of that league. There are two spots left. If you want in, what you need to do is you need to tweet, not tweet, sorry, let's try again, on the um, on the YouTube for the, the comments for this show. I want you to guess, I want you to guess what the first ever hockey NHL jersey was that I got. Team and player. All right, this was a long a while ago. First ever team and play. I don't have to say if it was like a road or a home jersey or what color it was or whatever like that. Just what team and what player. Guess it. It's not that. You should be able to deduce. I think what that uh, what that jersey will be. But see if you can uh, see if you can figure that one out. Now, as I said on yesterday's show, Western Conference breakouts. These aren't breakout breakouts. What we're looking at is players that. You can probably get in the last couple of rounds of a draft who I think are worth looking at from this team. And then guys who probably are going to be undrafted, guys who are rostered in like under 5% of Yahoo leagues, maybe like you know, 7%, 8% maximum Yahoo leagues who might be on a waiver wire. But if things break right, they could actually become fantasy contributors this season. So that's how we're going to do it. We're going to move into that Eastern Conference right now. And let's start with the Atlanta Hawks. Um... I don't know how much I fully believe this. In fact, I don't really fully believe it at all. But Cam Reddish did have that really nice game in the playoffs last year. Yeah, DeAndre Hunt is a guy that I would 100% prioritize over Reddish, but he's going in like the 110s usually, which is about the right spot. Yeah, Reddish, you can get in round 12, round 13 in that last bit of a draft. I just think the pathway for Reddish getting enough minutes is pretty tough. Again, with Bogdanovich and Hunter starting. Herder and Reddish and Delon Wright getting minutes off the bench. And then somewhere, bloody Lou Williams has got to fit in there. I don't know where. I just don't see that there's like a 26-minute-a-night path for Reddish. But maybe he comes in and just blows everything up and is unbelievable. He's awesome. He's just killing it. Again, the odds of that are pretty low, given that he's had a handful of good games in his career. And most of the time, he is quite poor in terms of his offensive play and his shooting. But he did have that one game that everyone wants to froth over. 
but he is at least a name to have a look at that if he does come in and he has turned all this shooting around and he's really consistent and really good, maybe there's an opportunity. If you want to go really deep, you watch if there is a situation where Danilo Gallinari gets hurt. I know that would be a shocker uh, if Gallinari is uh, is hurt, given his uh, given his history. Hands off my <laughs> But if he is hurt, I think Jalen Johnson is someone to watch. He had an awesome summer league, bit of a steal for them in the draft. And if Gallinari is hurt slash struggling and Johnson's playing above expectations, maybe he can work his way into actually a permanent role and keep Gallinari as sort of an emergency type player. Johnson's just an interesting name to, especially with a Kongu out as well. Maybe Jalen can even play some minutes at the five for this upcoming season. So he's uh, an interesting name to watch uh, for the Hawks as an undrafted deeper league sort of player. Let's look at the Boston Celtics. Now, I don't know how they're going to start lineups at this stage. They could go with Horford and Rob Williams next to each other. They could bring Williams off the bench and start Horford. I think Horford's a really interesting late round pick. Um, they could decide to start Dennis Schroeder alongside Marcus Smart. They could decide to start Peyton Pritchard. But I, I do think they will start Josh Richardson uh, alongside Marcus Smart in the backcourt. Really lean into some defense. Richardson can handle. He's shown uh, at times in the past to be a shooter. That's really dropped off recently. But I think that he's at least a guy that, you know, if it's not Schroeder, who's going too early, he's going like a pick 100 in a lot of spots. It's way too early for Schroeder. That's why I'm not including him. Because if Schroeder was getting picked at like 150, I would say, you know what, take that fly. See if they start him. But I'm not certain that they will. He's getting drafted a lot higher than that. But Richardson's a bloke you can get in the last round or so, who does have ability to maybe push into the 110s. They could also start Peyton Pritchard, which I mentioned already. And if they do, Pritchard can be a guy. Now, he played like 19 minutes a game last season. Not saying that he's necessarily going to blow through that. But if they do decide to start him, maybe he could average 12 points and hit two and a half threes. And he had an excellent assist to turnover ratio in summer league. I don't fully buy that that's the sort of player he is. It was like eight to one. That's not going to happen, obviously. And he shot like 55% from three. But in deeper formats, I'm pretty confident that Pritchard is going to have a rotation spot, whether that's 19 minutes or 25 minutes. That remains to be seen. But he's at least someone to uh, to have a squiz at in that last um, in that last section or you know, off the waiver wire, just to watch to see exactly exactly what does happen. But if you are looking for not only a Peyton Pritchard for your fantasy team, but someone to hire for your work team. Indeed is the place you need to go. General managers and fantasy managers, for that fact, are always looking and to ask the right questions to find the right players. Do they have ice in their veins? When you're hiring, you need Indeed assessments to help make sure you find the right candidates with the skills that you need. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, in hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope that your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools helps you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash locked. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offered valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. And while you are out there posting your job on Indeed, 
have a Built Bar because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. There are there are so many flavors. There's nine standards they always have out there. Raspberry, orange, strawberry, cookies and cream. And then they bring out the big guns, the special editions, the cookie chunk, the cookie dough chunk, the uh, you know grasshopper cookie, the uh, lemon almond cheesecake. So many different flavors. They just rotate when you've got to get your hands on those when they happen. But they're not just delicious. They're also good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories per bar, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. These are delicious. Delicious. They are healthy. They are good for you, and you can get them for fifteen percent off. So head to built.com and use the promo code locked fifteen, and you will save fifteen percent on the best tasting protein bars ever. So go to built.com. The promo code is locked fifteen. L O C K E D one five for the best tasting protein bars ever. Okay, let's look at the Brooklyn Nets heading into this season. Um, this guy was pretty poor last season. LaMarcus Aldridge, he, he didn't play pretty well. He didn't play well at all. He looked stuck in cement playing in San Antonio. He went and only played five games in Brooklyn. But I think his performance is being a little bit misrepresented. He played 26 minutes a night last year. He was the 119th ranked player. 119th. Right, he is being currently drafted at 136. His ranking is 245. His ADP on fan tracks is 173. Let's say that he plays those 26 minutes again and he looks maybe as good as he did last year, maybe better, maybe worse, or he plays more minutes than last season. I really like it as a last pick, especially considering yeah, the center situation is pretty dire. Like there are some shit out centers. If you are, and if you are playing in one of those terrible Yahoo leagues that determines that you must have two centers, minimum two centers, again, a horrendous, horrendous league setup, um, then you're stuck and you're stuck with some shit centers. Aldridge might be able to fix that. Now, I don't know whether he starts or whether it's Blake Griffin, but Aldridge started when he came over last season. And as I've said a million times on this show, I don't think that the doctors have come out and said, LaMarcus, we know hearts are vital for everybody living in the the earth. We think you can go and play basketball with a dud heart, but only if you play 20 minutes a night. It's got to be all or none. It has to be all or none. No doctor's going to say, we'll risk your life for 15 minutes but if you push to 22, then you're going to die. It's just, you're going to die. I'm sorry, mate. So make sure, just make sure you tell Steve Nash this, that it's really important that you don't play 22 minutes, otherwise dead. I don't think any doctor is going to say that personally. I think it's very much a, you are good or you are not good. I don't know, but that is how I would view it with someone as a, as a medical professional. That's not saying he's playing 30 minutes, but it's saying he could. They could also decide which I think rightfully they should, to start Nick Claxton. I'm not sure that they will do that. Now, Claxton is an option, but yeah, and I really like having a look at him, and I would have liked it more if Griffin, Millsap, and Aldridge didn't return, but they're all there. So I don't know where Claxton fits. And then you've got um, the shark, Bruce Brown. Baby shark, With Kyrie Irving at this stage, missing 42 games maximum, or minimum, sorry, 43, I think, they got the uh, 41 in Brooklyn and then the two at Madison Square Garden. He has to miss all of those, plus whatever injuries happen. I think Brown is the guy that starts. Harden, Harris, Brown, Durant, you know, Griffin, Aldridge, whoever's at center. Brown showed an ability last year when he got those minutes to be useful enough. There's not going to be enough minutes if everyone is healthy for him to really you know, put that value in. And I don't think that what they would do is put Paddy Mills in and start him 
and play him like 28 minutes. I think they'd like to keep him in that 22-minute bench role. I think Brown is the guy that they would ramp up. Um, you could also throw Nicky, Nicky Claxton in here as a, as a deeper guy. But again, there is those other three players, Millsap, Griffin, Aldridge, who are going to be, I think, a bit of an impediment to Claxo getting enough minutes to be an exciting fantasy guy. As much as we like Claxton, and I do like him a lot, um, yeah, I'm not really sure there's going to be enough there for him. Now, I'm taking forever on this show. Do you guys mind? We'll see how we go. Anyway, let's go to the Charlotte Hornets and take a look at some of their potential breakout options. I think Mason Plumley. we talked about already the lack of center options that can be available late. I think Mason does start, but even if he doesn't, you know, they're not going to be relying upon Nick Richards, who doesn't make the roster most likely. You have Vernon Carey Jr. or Kai Jones, especially early on. So it's going to be him and PJ Washington Jr. Plumlee is getting picked like 136, so last two rounds. And he could vary, especially in a points league. He could crack top 90 in a points league. In a category league, maybe he gets in the top 100. I think he's a really, really good pick in the last round. But now, in saying that, if we look at undrafted guys, yeah, I could throw Kelly Oubre in there. Kelly Oubre is actually getting drafted 20 spots higher than Plumlee. And I think that's ridiculous. So he's getting a little bit too high. James Booknight was their lottery pick. I don't really see the minutes for him with um, Lamello, Ish Smith, Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre. I'm not sure Booknight's going to get enough minutes at any point outside of injury. The guy I would look at is Kai Jones. I don't think Kai Jones is ready. I'm not even sure Kai Jones knows how to play basketball at a good level, but he is athletic and there is a huge center hole. If they decide that you know, PJ getting 20 minutes a night at center is not tenable and Vernon Carey shit us, which they should have already decided, um, then maybe Jones in January is ready to go. And he plays 20 minutes a night and he hits one and a half threes and blocks two shots and gets six boards or whatever, like a, a Mo Bumba light. Or maybe just actually a Mo Bumba, not necessarily a Mo Bumba light. He would be an interesting option just to keep an eye on in deeper leagues because I have more faith in him than Carey and Richards at this point. And maybe he can push in and get some of those um, get some of those backup center minutes. But yeah, maybe not. Let's look at your Chicago Bulls who... Yes, um, Patrick Williams is currently injured, but that injury, I believe, happened on the 15th of September, and the four- to six-week timeline was based on when it actually happened, the 15th of September. So four weeks from then is before the uh, before opening night. Six weeks is like a week into the season. So we all get scared of guys heading into the season injured, rightfully so, but there is also the other thing. When you go, oh, man, six weeks. Oh, he might miss three games. Not, I'm not saying that Patrick Williams has got gigantic upside because there's just not enough usage really in Chicago, but he can get steals. He can hit a couple of threes. Maybe he can get some rebounds. He's going to play a lot of minutes because their other options at the four are pretty rough. I do think that there is a chance they start Caruso and push, push DeRozan to the four um, if Williams misses time because otherwise it's Derek Jones or Stanley Johnson or Marcus Simonovic, and I'm not sure those guys are necessarily, necessarily ready for big minutes. You know, In some of the cases, I know they're not like Stanley Johnson. So Williams is an interesting guy to grab late to see what happens. In terms of deeper guys and undrafted players, this might seem weird. Tony Bradley I've got here. And I'll tell you why. We all look, and you can. this is why, again, I think viewing things by totals, when you go look at the rankings by totals, last season, Nikola Vucevic, he was like fifth by total. Like you would never, ever pick him there. In the past, Vuce used to get hurt all the time. Like all the time. He would constantly have like these Achilles and ankle problems, like always. Last year, he was healthy, and he's been healthy the last couple of years. That is no guarantee that he remains healthy. It's also no guarantee that he gets hurt. But if he does get hurt, there is nobody else. It is Tony Bradley. 
And in a deeper situation where you've got some bench stash ability, Bradley can double-double with high field goal percentage and block shots because they are rooted if Vooch goes down. There is no other center there. Simonovic, he's more of a four. Right? It's going to have to be Bradley. So that's just something to keep an eye on and to think about that if you are in a situation where you're in a deep league, if Vooch goes down, mate, Bradley's in for a real, real um, big opportunity, which would be interesting to see how that actually goes down. But I tell you what, we don't need to see how it goes down because we already know that BetOnline is the number one spot to, to place all of your pro and college football action. Football's back. Thursday Night Football ready to kick off really, really soon. Your number one spot is BetOnline with a new updated site and interface and even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On one word, to get that bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. BetOnline's fired up. They've got themselves a new tag, new catchphrase, where the game starts. There you go. So let's move on to talk about the next team. Let's uh, look at them. They are the Cleveland Cavaliers, who um, obviously there are a lot of questions about what the hell is happening. Does Evan Mobley start? Does Lowry Markkinen start? I don't mind taking a flyer on Markkinen in the last round. I think his upside is really low, and eventually Mobley is going to take those minutes, so there's not necessarily huge upside there. I think Okoro is the other one that we've got to look at as a late-round guy. Now, Minutes weren't the problem for him. Being good was the problem for him last season. He played 30-plus minutes and was not a top 200 player. In fact, was not a top 275 player. That is objectively horrendous. Now, I think he takes gigantic steps forward this season, but is he going to get enough usage with Garland, Sexton, Mobley, Allen, Love maybe, Osman shooting a shit ton? I think he will increase his usage. I think he will increase his efficiency, but for a bloke who struggles a little bit with the shooting, like he's not providing assists or rebounds or, or many threes or steals or blocks. He's not doing any of that in high volume. It is worth having a look at because we know that he's going to have a really strong role. But whether that can translate into any sort of fantasy value, I, I would doubt it. But he's interesting enough. And in terms of what they do as a backup two, well, their backup two situation is terrible. I think Ravishing Rick Rubio is going to get a lot of those backup guard minutes. They did sign Kevin Pangos, who's like a 29-year-old rookie point guard. But then it comes down to Dylan Windler or Denzel the Hammer Valentine. I think Windler personally is more of a four, but a lot of Cavs people think he's going to get a shot at getting back up two minutes. There is Broderick Thomas, um, who is on this roster. That's a real player. But you know, maybe it's Windler as that deeper league guy. It could be Dean Wade also, but there's just so many big men on this on this squad. Markinen, Mobley, Allen, Love. They don't know where Wade fits in. Maybe it's Osman, but I think we've seen Osman get those opportunities and not be uh, particularly good with them. He is uh, a guy did improve somewhat last season, especially with some of his passing numbers, but I, I just don't think that he is necessarily a great option. But that, that backup guard spot for the Cavs is pretty screwed, I think. It's just... There's just shit players there, unless they just go full all 96 between Garland, Sexton, and Rubio, and then Garland plays a ton off ball when Rubio is uh, is in the game, which I'm not sure that they necessarily do. Let's look towards the Detroit Pistons now. I think the one you have to look at as a late pick is Killian Hayes. 
We can criticize Killian Hayes as much as we want. He was bad, especially before his injury. The shots did not go in. But I thought when he came back, um, he looked pretty good in terms of defensively and running an offense and passing. He is he has just turned 20. He played 26 games. He only played 26 minutes and on. He was ranked 229th. And that's not good. But I'll tell you what it's better than. It's better than where Hamadou Diallo ranked. We'll talk about him in a second. It's better than these guys like Frank Jackson and Saban Lee, who people can't help but praise. Hayes, I think, is going to get... A lot of people think, no, nah, they're just going to stay start Cade at the point guard and put Sadiq Bay at the two. The amount of weird stuff that people responded to me with the, the Pistons starting lineup. Someone said, oh, they'll just definitely start Olenek over Stewart. Someone said, okay, maybe they start it. I don't think they will. Uh, someone said, oh, just just wait. Luca Garza will be the starter over Isaiah Stewart. Okay, calm down. They'll bring um, Sadiq Bay off the bench so that they can start Diallo. Like just crazy evaluations of players, in my mind anyway. That's just me getting a little bit off track here. I think it is like 90% sure that Killian Hayes will start. Whether he is good, I don't know. But a point guard, very Darius Garland-like. Stunk as a rookie, really good as a second-year guy. Can Hayes get to that? I don't know. But a point guard who's probably going to start heading into his second season, who is now healthy, the parallels with Garland are there. And it's worth taking that flyer on. Now, I do look at um, at this guy in terms of um, undrafted players or deeper league guys. I don't particularly... Um, Particularly love him. Stop. Time. I think he's a much better points league guy. And that is, of course, Hamadou Diallo than category league play. Because last year he did play, what, 24 minutes a night and ranked 266th. He is a guy that, oh, man, look, he's, just, he's getting things together. And he just never does. He's a poor shooter who he requires a bit of usage. Doesn't hit threes. Doesn't get assists. Doesn't get steals. Doesn't get blocks. Doesn't hit free throws. Doesn't hit field goals very well. There's a lot that's lacking from him. They brought him back. They seem to like him. I'm not really sure why. Uh, I, I'm just way down on Diallo compared to everyone else. Uh, I, I know that. Uh, he's only 23. There is a lot of athleticism there. Maybe in a deeper league, he fires up and he can push ahead of Joseph and Josh Jackson and Frank Jackson. I would personally be prioritizing Frank Jackson there because he can shoot. Um, but we'll, we will see. I think Diallo is an interesting... Frank Jackson is also a bad fantasy player because he gets... Could be could be literally one of the worst passes in terms of guards in the entirety of the NBA. He is really really bad. He can he he not only can he not pass, he just does not pass either. But that's uh, beside the point. Let's look at the Indiana Pacers now for them. Now of course at this point TJ Warren is going to be reevaluated in three weeks. We don't know when he's going to be back. He's really hard to draft. So there's an opening in the starting lineup there. And then now Karis Levert has a fracture in his back. That scares the shit out of me. So they could be without Levert and Warren for the first. Well, for the first game, the first week, the first month, the first two months. We just don't know. I think Justin Holiday is the first one to push into that starting lineup. He will probably start in place of TJ Warren. He is quite low upside, but he can generate steals and hit some threes. And he was all right last season, I thought. He, like, he had his moments. He's a lot older than perhaps you expect. And he can be really inconsistent with his shooting. But he was 156 last year in 30 minutes. So he's an interesting last round guy. I would say you know, TJ McConnell can be a last-round player as well. I am not sure how much Rick Carlisle is going to like him. Remember, this is a different coach, and he has so many weird things about his game that just changes the way that you play, and I'm not sure Carlisle is going to rely upon TJ, who was, amazingly, the 71st-ranked player last year. I don't think he's going to get anywhere near that level of uh, value. 
The undrafted guy to look at, you know, or deeply guy, is Chris Duarte. Listening to, I think it was Jay Michael on uh, Nate Duncan's podcast the other day, it's talking about how much the Pacers love this guy. He can see Duarte even closing games. I'm pretty skeptical of that because rookies in general are pretty bad, especially older rookies who are taken in you know, around that lottery area. They're generally not very good. Well, this was in the lottery. Like they, look, that, just, the success rate of that is so low. But now with Levert and Warren going down, there is an opportunity for Duarte. Now, remember, Duarte is not a wing. He's played point guard in, in college. So he's more of a one slash two versus a three. But he's got decent size. He can defend players. And maybe they do say, shit, look, the shooting's great. You can defend all right. You can handle the ball. Maybe we will start him in playing 25 minutes a night, 28 minutes a night. It is a possibility. So in a deep league, I'd be happy to grab him. But it could also be the situation where you know, Warren and Levert come back in the first week and then McConnell, Holiday, Craig, Lamb all get minutes over Duarte and he doesn't play. That's, there's legitimate consideration that, that that can happen. Of course, Edmund Sumner being out does help that overall upside there for Duarte. Let's look at the, um, let's look at the Miami Heat now. You know what's coming. I think the hate on Tyler Hero has gone too far. Last season, it was ridiculous. He was being ranked in like the 70s, and it made no sense. They were basing it off this bubble. I think the people drafting him in the 70s had snarls as a category, and they were putting him really high up there in that category. He's not that good. He's also not this bad. He's ranked 181 on Yahoo. So he was 126 last season. Why are we expecting him to drop that much? Oladipo won't be ready to start the year. There's Lowry, there's Robinson, sure. There's no Nun or Dragic, and Hero is going to be the first guard off the bench who probably pushes to 30 minutes again. And if he did crack the top 100, it wouldn't be a complete surprise. But you can get him late. He's undrafted in some leagues. Well, there's enough value in Tyler Hero here. And if you want to go deeper, I could have thrown in Omer yet seven. He'll get an opportunity to be a backup center for sure. I think they'll start with Deadman, but yet seven could move in there. But I think Max Struess is the interesting one. Lowry... Always a chance to get hurt. Oladipo, already hurt. Like, not going to be ready. Struess is a guy that can come in and bomb threes, maybe hit two and a half threes a game in 20 minutes, do a little bit of scoring, and step up. So he's that guy I would have over a Gabe Vincent, um, over in you know, a Casey Okpala and a Caleb Martin, who they brought in from Charlotte as well. I would have Struess ahead of those players. But, of course, you know the, the likelihood of that happening is low. But he's a guy that's taken some really, really huge strides forward. And I liked him in summer league, but also liked him last season when he had to play for the Heat when they were struck down by some COVID restrictions. Let's look at the champs. The Milwaukee Bucks. I think Punch Bob, Bobby Portis, is an interesting late-round guy. PJ Tucker is no longer there. Their backup power forward situation is dire. Like, it's Shemi Ojale behind Yanni. Yanni, the knee, quietly, just quietly, whispering a little bit, the knee's been a problem for a few years for Yanni. Heard it in the playoffs. He's had this sore knee for a while. And while I'm not worried about it, I'm not not worried about it. I'm not changing my draft spot on him, but it is absolutely something to be a little bit worried about, I think. Anyway, like your backup power forwards are, are Ojale, or it's Thanasis, or it's Sandro Mamakilashvili. It's not him, but I just like saying his name. It's Pat Connaughton, maybe, who's more of a three. So Portis is going to get a lot of minutes at the four. And then your backup center is literally, it's Portis. There's nobody else. The other center on this team is actually nobody. 
It's Mumble Kilishvili. Maybe it's old Johnny O'Brien. I mean, it's not because he's not going to make the roster. But Portis is going to play. Now, Portis will not shoot 46% from three that he did last year. But he's going to have good usage, good rebounds. He'll hit some threes. There's enough for him to be a last round player. And then you want to go deeper or undrafted guys. This guy's going to start opening night, Grayson Allen. I think he starts over Dante DiVincenzo. He had, for as much as he is a meme and he's annoying and he pissed the shit out of me, which is not actually a phrase, but I just said it. Um, last season when he was continually thieving minutes from Desmond Bain and from um, uh, D'Anthony Melton, yeah, it frustrated me. He actually played all right. And he's going to get a chance to play 30 minutes here early on. And we'll see what that what comes from that. And maybe Divincenzo comes back. It's a slow ramp up. And Allen can hold on to the job. I don't think that's outrageous to suggest. So he's an interesting deeper league player at the um, at the very least. Let's go to the New York Knicks. Mitchell Robinson's not ready, which is not good. Nerlens Noel has a chance. Now, I don't know what's going to happen because last year he started in preseason and then rested one game in preseason and never got the starting job back, which was weird until uh, Robinson went down. Noel is like 135 ADP on fan tracks, 126 on Yahoo. He can very easily crack the top 100. He was 95th in 24 minutes. If Robinson's out, Noel's going to play 28 a night, 29 a night, and smashes it. Worry a bit about it if it, if the ADP starts really coming in. If we start preseason and Robinson isn't playing, and Noel's playing 28 a night, people are going to start looking at him in the 70s, and it's going to be incorrect to do that. But at the moment, in the 120s, it's a, it's an, it's a no-brainer. With Robinson not healthy, it, it's, it's an absolute no-brainer. And then you go to undrafted guys. Now, I could have had like a Derek Rose here, but he's getting drafted in most spots. Um, I could have had uh, Emmanuel quickly, but he's also weirdly being drafted in leagues. Uh, 142 is his spot. Now, he's not rostered in huge amounts, but 12% of people have got him in Yahoo. Alec Burks is another option um, there as well, who I do think is worth looking at in those deeper formats. We, we don't know exactly how they There's a lot of options in that backcourt, but Rose is going to get hurt at some point, most likely, or you have some issues with his ankle and knee. That's just going to happen. And then, of course, you know, Kemba Walker. Hello. There is a chance that his knees don't, aren't great. Now, I don't think that Juice McBride is going to be an option that we're going to need to care about all season, but he's an absolutely tenacious bastard defensively. Tibbs will love that. And if there is Kemba and Rose out at once, and then quickly is starting, McBride will get into the rotation. And with the level of the way he plays, maybe he likes him. Maybe he sticks around. It's it's a, a long shot, but I love what McBride can do. He shouldn't have fallen outside the first round in the draft. And now he finds himself in a situation that if his defense does translate, and I think it will, that his coach will um his coach will love it. Let's look at your Orlando Magic. I think we have to look at um, this guy, Mo Bamba. One, two, three, four, five. As someone who should be drafted in every league. I do not know what happens with Carter and Bamba. And as I've said a million times, if they play the same minutes, Bamba is by far a better fantasy player. But Carter, to me, is by far a better NBA player at this stage. But Jamal Mosley might see it differently. And if Bamba plays 24 minutes, then the top 100 is absolutely a possibility for him. So he's got to be drafted in, in every league. Um... Yeah, his ADP is like 142. Uh, if you want to take him in round 10, there's no worries with that. Round 11, probably more more uh, appealing, but no worries with it. 
Undrafted guys, deeper guys. I think RJ Hampton's in the mix. Now, he was really good last season, but there is a lot of players there. Fultz will come back at some point in December. There's Cole Anthony. There's Jalen Suggs. There is Gary Harris. There's Terrence Ross. I don't know how long Ross and Harris stay around, but yeah, Hampton, I would hope that they could find 20-plus minutes for him. And there's a chance that Hampton's a better prospect than Cole Anthony overall. All right, so he is an interesting deeper league guy, but don't be surprised if early on he just doesn't play because of those other names that are there or doesn't play the huge minutes that you're expecting or hoping him to. But I do think that with improvements, he can push into that role and get there pretty comfortably. Let's look at the Philadelphia 76ers, the, the obvious one. And this was on my players to draft in your last round video the other day. Tyrese Maxey's got to be picked. You, either, you can take him in round 11 if you want. Ben Simmons is not playing for this team and unless there's just a gigantic reversal of um, thought processes. He's just not going to play. And I don't know when a trade is going to go down. So Maxey has to be drafted. He will lose value. Now, he is like a top 80 option without Simmons. Someone else comes back, he maybe goes to top 120, but you've got to pick him. He's obviously, he's one of the, he's absolutely the best guy to get late. Now, he's starting to go a little bit earlier. Be careful that it doesn't become like the Darius Baisley or even like the Noel last season, where I'll talk about, hey, you've got to get him late. You've got to get him late. Yeah, he's a great late pick. Let's see what happens. And then everyone jumps on it and, they, and everyone starts picking him at 80. And you go, oh, guys, like settle down. Like, don't pick him that early because you are just putting yourself in a spot for disappointment. If you get him at 130 and someone gets traded the night before the season and it's CJ McCollum and he goes back to a 22-minute-a-night roll, then who gives a shit? You drop him and move on. If you take him at 80, you've just burnt so much value. And even if he does start all year and plays 33, maybe that's best-case scenario. So just really be careful with that. Undrafted deeper league, guys. I'm watching uh, Paul Reed. Um, Andre Drummond is currently the backup center, and I imagine that he is for a while. But Paul Reed, I think, is going to be really good, and I think he can play some backup center. Their backup power forward is probably George Niang or Furkan Korkmaz. Reed can take those minutes. And I wouldn't be surprised if some matchups, Reed's actually a better option than Drummond. He's just a name to watch in those deeper formats to see what his evolution is, how Doc Rivers trusts him or doesn't trust him for this upcoming season. Let's go on to the next team now. We're looking at the Toronto Raptors. I think Ken Birch was really good at the end of last season, but there are a lot of factors there. Siakam was out. Lowry was out. Van Vliet was in and out of the lineup. The team didn't give a shit. Um, and he was getting more minutes and usage that you can realistically expect from him. But he is, at this point, penciled in to be the starting center. Boucher probably won't be getting center minutes, given that Siakam will be out, so Boucher will be playing at the four. Um, so Birch is worth looking at, but just don't, don't expect what he did in those last five games or whatever, to be a realistic expectation. But you can look at him as a guy to take and just see see where it goes. It might not go anywhere, but just see where it goes. I could have had Gary Trent in here as well, but he's being drafted inside the top 120, which to me is just a little bit too high. He played 31 minutes a night last year, Trent, and was outside the top 190. Bear that in mind. Deeper leagues, Precious Achua. Now, I do not think... Precious is a very good NBA player at this point. In fact, I think he's actually a bad NBA player at this point. I am not confident in him ever becoming good. I could be wrong on that very easily, but I'm not confident in him becoming good. But maybe he does. And he's, yeah, Ken Birch is not the greatest impediment to minutes. Well, Precious, you've shown enough, but we just can't unseat Ken Birch. Like, that's not a conversation anyone's having in their life. 
So if Precious shows something and shows that energy and works with Siakam and works with Ananobi well, then maybe maybe he can actually take this starting center job. Because one thing I feel good about with Precious is if he gets minutes, he will put up stats. He will get rebounds. He will score. He will have a pretty good field goal percentage, I'd imagine, and block some shots. And that can be useful if he can work his way into that level of minutes that's required. I don't know that he can, but maybe he does. And let's look at the last team. I just want to throw this guy in here because Daniel Gafford is going to start the season as the starting center. He realistically should start every game. I don't know whether Unsaled will do that or not because there is Tom Bryant returning probably in January. Will they take Gafford out? Will they run three centers? It doesn't matter though. You draft Gafford, whose ADP is like 110. I'm mainly referencing him because on ESPN he's at 164. So he's way out of the discussions there. But he is a great guy that you look at. Probably round nine, I would draft him. Um, and you can get him a lot later in certain situations. So I really like that. And then... Deeper guys, Davis Bertans. Hey, look, he was bad last year. There's no denying that, but he wasn't healthy. How does that work with Hachimura, who we don't know if he's going to be ready to start the season with his personal issues? Kyle Kuzma around? But Bertans, if he's healthy, that's shooting. It's way more valuable than anything that Hachimura produces or that Kuzma produces. He could hit three and a half threes a game, 15 points. Not much else, but he could do that. I'm not saying he will, but just in deeper leagues... There's at least that upside there. Uh, you could throw Kuzma in there as well, into that mix. You could throw Rui in there, who doesn't have the greatest fantasy game and requires just a ton of minutes in usage. And with those names, a healthy Bertans, a healthy Avdia, uh, incoming Kuzma. I'm not sure that Rui can actually push to those numbers. But they are options there as well. Guys, we made it. We're done. That's 30 teams, breakout players, deeps and standards for the NBA season coming up. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. That would be awesome if you could do that. Give me a subscribe. Leave a comment. Quick um, scheduling note. I'm going to do another show tomorrow. I'm going to talk about, I don't know how long it'll be, but it'll just be something. Players who might end the season as the number one fantasy guy. So more sort of a, an in-depth look at the first round and how players can become number one. So that's tomorrow's show. And then the week after, let's I've got the schedule up. We're doing a show on injuries. I'm doing a deep league mock draft. I'm doing a show on categorical scarcity. I'm doing a 12-team salary cap, uh, nine-cat auction. Salary cap slash auction, you know what I mean? I'm doing three ADP battles. I'm doing a dynasty mock draft. That is all coming to you next week. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.